Hello and welcome to the I Am Raw Adventure Podcast. Here our hope is to inspire you to seek out adventure in your everyday life and to never stop exploring. To us, adventure is defined as anything that gets your heart beating fast and that pushes your limits of exploration. So, whether it's being outside and surrounded by the elements, starting a new business venture, or even the daring unknown of self-exploration, one thing is certain is that adventure is all around us, and we are here to help you find it. So, what's cracking, guys? This is Daniel. I am your host for the ERA podcast. Uh, Just brief podcast today, guys. We just wanted to get one out there since it's been a couple weeks since we've uploaded one. Um, Today, we're going to be discussing um, our favorite fish recipe. Now, here at Iara, we won't push any uh, diet and my diet's better than yours and you should be eating this way. But we do um, advocate a healthy lifestyle because we really truly feel that um, food is powerful, it's healing, and if you're eating the right foods, then you'll have the energy to get up and go outside and do stuff. So we really try to stick to whole foods, clean foods, stay away from that processed garbage, and this fish recipe, I think, is going to be right up the alley of all those who are, whether they're trying to be vegan, who eat fish, or if you're uh, paleo, or if you're just trying to eat clean, this recipe, you're going to dig it, I promise. So A lot of you guys know that I will uh, grab my surfboard and I'll paddle out 30 or 40 yards and then I'll just fish for my surfboard right there in the kelp beds. Now, just kind of as a side note, guys, if you want to learn how to surf and you're looking for um, a cheap board, because if you go on Craigslist or anywhere else, you look at prices of used surfboards, I mean, you're spending a few hundred dollars or more. I mean, a brand new Longboard could be anywhere between $600 to $1,200. So a lot of money. Here's my advice. If you have a Costco membership and you're a beginner surfer, just buy a WaveStorm. You can't beat the price. 100 bucks for a soft top eight foot board. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. And, and, and most likely, you're going to be thrashing your first board anyway. So here, it's a soft top board. It's plastic on the bottom. It's You're not going to ding it. And if you do rip it and tear it or whatever, you could just return it back to Costco. Not that I recommend that or advocate it. My belief is if you wreck it and ruin it, then that's your darn fault. But it's better to ruin a $100 board than a $600 board. So there's my little Costco Wavestorm soft top surfboard pitch. Highly recommend it. So I bought one um, about a year ago because I wanted to fish from a surfboard. And I wanted a board that uh, Ashley could get comfortable on and use and all that kind of stuff. But uh, hey, if I get a little fish guts on it, I ain't going to make a big deal about it, daggone it. Um, Anyways, so I'll get on my wave storm. I'll paddle out and I will fish in the kelp beds here along the coast. And, you know, I'm not very far out, just a 30, 40 yards. Sometimes I'll go a little further. And within an hour or so, you're just going to catch rockfish. I mean, they're everywhere out here. And hands down, they're probably one of my favorite fish. So they really work well for this recipe. But if you don't have access to fresh fish, uh, then go to the store and buy wild caught fish. You don't want that farmed fish stuff. It just, the taste is so much different. So anyways, get yourself some fresh fish, wild caught, 
And uh, if it's pre-filleted or whatever, then awesome. I come home and I fillet my fish, debone them and all that stuff. So here's the recipe. Now, I cannot take credit for this recipe. I wish I could, but I just can't. It's, uh, I, I use this really awesome app. It's called the Caveman, uh, what is it called? Caveman Feast, I believe. Let me see. Yep, Caveman Feast. And it's an app that you can buy online. It's got tons of awesome recipes. And what's cool about it is it, uh, um, all the foods in there are whole foods, nothing processed, no garbage, really cool, um, ideas. I mean, I never honestly thought that I'd have anything like baked with a crust on it ever again. Or how about, uh, chocolate chip cookies that are actually not that bad for you. And they're made with, uh, natural ingredients, right? We, kill chocolate chip cookies from this, uh, from this app, the recipe from this app. So, um, anyways, uh, here's the recipe guys. If you have two fillets, the recipe calls out for mahi mahi, but again, I think any type of, uh, any type of fish that has kind of a more mild flavor is going to be the one that's going to work for you guys. You don't want anything that's going to be too fishy. It just, doesn't really taste the same. So um, stick to a fish that's kind of mild flavored, not nothing too powerful. So I'm not going to tell you all the details of how long you should cook this. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm not the best cook in the world. I just follow directions, but I will tell you the ingredients and what it calls out for. So two fillets, one cup of coconut milk. Now that's full fat in the can coconut milk. You're going to want three quarters of a cup of roasted macadamia nuts, quarter cup of, oh, I'm sorry, an eighth cup of coconut flour, an eighth cup of almond flour, an eighth cup of coconut oil. Those are what you want, all right? And then a little salt and pepper, and if you guys want to put your own seasoning. Um, and then you're going to want unsweetened shredded coconut. So pretty much, guys, what you're doing is you're going to turn your oven on 425, you're going to uh, grind your macadamia nuts. You're going to pretty much mix all of your stuff together. You're going to get that coconut oil, and you're going to mix the coconut oil with your almond flour, your coconut flour, and those roasted macadamia nuts. You're going to mix it all together, right? Meanwhile, highly recommend it. This is crucial. Marinate your fish fillets in that coconut milk, that cup of coconut milk. Whether it's a day or if it's a, an hour, 30 minutes, whatever, just marinate your fillets in that coconut milk, okay? So you're going to mix all your ingredients in that bowl with your coconut flour, almond flour, coconut oil, and then you're going to grab a baking, a baking sheet like a parchment paper or something or aluminum foil or something, brush a little coconut oil on that foil, and you're going to bake your fish for five minutes in the oven, 425 degrees. You're going to flip it over on the other side, and then you're going to want to put that mixture on there. It's already going to be, it's going to be kind of, uh, uh, how to explain it? Well, it's the, you know, the coconut oil mixed with all the, the flowers. So it's going to be a little bit like sticky. I don't want to say sticky, but oily. Anyways, you just kind of put it on to the filet, just kind of cake it on, put it back in the oven for another five minutes. Actually, it might take a little longer, like eight to 10 minutes. Um, you're going to pull that out and it's going to be amazing, guys. It's delicious. So delicious. So that is a recipe that we are always doing here. Now for the sides, um, whatever you really like, we like to do a side of veggies. One thing we're totally stoked on is we will get a head of uh, cauliflower 
and we will, um, it's kind of difficult to do sometimes if you don't have a big enough size, but you want to cut thick steaks of the cauliflower. So usually out of a big head of cauliflower, you can probably get like three steaks. A lot of times it will crumble into big chunks, but if you can get those steaks out of them, you throw those on the barbecue, oh man, while they're cooking on the barbecue, we like to make a little uh, olive oil mixture. We'll, we'll throw in like, uh, we'll throw in whatever ingredients you want. You know, we'll get this olive oil. We'll throw in like cumin, salt, pepper, um, a little cayenne. You just stir it all together and then you just brush it on the steaks while they're cooking. You flip it over, brush that stuff on the other side. It's awesome, guys. Highly recommend it. It's a really great dinner. Super clean eating. Good for you. You feel great. Uh, that is our fish recipe. That is something that we are totally soaked on right now. And again, we can't take credit for it, but we cook it all the time. We love it. Um, so anyways, there's my little uh, recipe. Recipe of the year. How about that for fish? It, it is hands down our most favorite recipe here. So anyways, enough about recipes, enough saying the word recipes, enough about that. Let's talk about Arroyo Seco. We got a trip going with some friends. Uh, well, let's see. They invited us to this trip. We had never been to Arroyo Seco. We got a group of people, and um, it's about an hour and a half maybe from Santa Cruz up in the uh, Los Padres Forest is what it's called, or the Los Padres National Forest or something. It's actually really close to uh, Big Sur. Um, so anyways, so that's where it's at. And it's really just the main campground there, the Arroyo Seco campground, um, park there. And then you just start hiking and you kind of follow the river and it kind of leads you down into this area where you, uh, you follow this like main road for a few miles actually. And you can kind of see the Canyon on the right hand side there. Nothing too exciting. I mean, it's really beautiful, awesome area, but you're really just walking on a big, um, dirt road. But then after a few miles in, you kind of come to this area where it splits off to the right, and there's a little tiny trail that leads down into the canyon. You follow that trail down, and you just keep following it until you come to this bridge. You cross over the bridge, but then you go back under the bridge, and then you just start walking along the river. So really, it's just a river hike, and you just walk... Um, in the water, on the side of the water. And what's kind of nice about it is it's not too challenging. I mean, a lot of times you're walking in the river, you're slipping and you're sliding and there's tons of moss all over the rocks. And there are areas like that, but for the most part, you can trek through the water most of the time. So I highly recommend not going in the colder months because that water is mountain water and it is freezing. So we went in, um, you know, October or, you know, at the end of September or something. So it was freaking cold. So I highly recommend, um, going in the summer months where it's a little bit more tolerable, but, uh, yeah. So you can find areas where you can walk off the, the river and onto trails and, um, kind of follows, follows the water. But I mean, really the excitement was in the water, to be honest. I think it was super cool just trekking up river and, uh, I mean, there's fish, wildlife. We brought our eight-year-old son, Bowden, and, you know, everyone was, who told us about the hike, were like, ah, I don't know if he'll make it. It's a pretty difficult areas. Now, here's the thing. If you have a kid that's used to being outdoors, used to hiking, it really isn't that bad, but 
there is a section. There's actually four sections where you have to fully submerge into the water. So if you're carrying gear, backpacks, you're swimming. And it's about, oh man, you come up to the first section and on either side of you is rock walls. And there are some areas where you can kind of climb and scale the rocks to avoid the water, but eventually you're jumping in and eventually you're swimming. So if you don't have um, a child that's a strong swimmer, I advised against this hike. Bowden, he, uh, this actually this last summer, he did the junior guard class and out here along the coast, Santa Cruz, Capitola, that area, they have um, junior lifeguards. So he did that over the summer. And you know what? He went in not being a very strong swimmer to, I mean, the things that they make the kids do in the water is so impressive. I mean, he was, you know, diving under waves. And I used to try to take him out to go surfing. And he had a fear of the ocean. And he just was not into it. But now after junior guards, like, the amount of, like, confidence that it gives the kids to be in the water to swim the distance they were swimming it really shaped them up and it's like boot camp man i would watch these kids and they're doing like push-ups burpees i mean they like kick the kids butt so it's pretty awesome anyways back to roy seiko if your child isn't a strong swimmer i advise against it but if he's really good in the water good on hikes this might be the hike for him because or her sorry um yeah so there is the first section, which is about, eh, I'd say about 20 yards of swimming in the water. And it's deep. It's probably around six to seven feet deep. Now, the first section you can scale in the water. While you're in the water, you can kind of have areas to grab onto if you need to rest. Or there's like certain rocks in the middle of the water that you can kind of grab onto and rest for a little bit and then keep swimming. But man, oh man, it was freezing, breathtaking. You jump in and I mean, (laughs) it was instant freezing cold water. So Bowden definitely struggled with that. And it was more of a mind over mind over manner kind of mind over matter kind of thing. Um, But once he was in it and your body starts getting super numb, (laughs) uh, it wasn't too bad. So anyways, that first section, he got through it. I mean, we had to kind of coach him through it because he was really kind of psyching himself out. But um, it, it was just, for me personally, it really, uh, how do I explain it? It just really made you feel like you were really roughing it. You know, hiking and just walking through the forest, you know, that's nice. And, and it's nice to get your mind off of things or if you're just wanting for the exercise. But this, this really felt like you were going somewhere amazing. Like you were really working hard to get to your destination. And that's kind of how it felt. So it was kind of cool, like in the videos and in the pictures we took, you know, seeing people fully submerge, their gear is floating on the water and they're trying to get through the water. I don't know. This is kind of cool. But anyways, that first section wasn't too bad. But eventually we did get to a spot where it was a really nice area to just chill And apparently a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll backpack in and they'll get all the way up to these waterfalls and then they just kind of camp overnight. We saw people coming down river with little floaties. So I think honestly, next time we go, I think I would pack like a little tube because they would just throw their gear in the tube and then they would swim down or swim up or whatever. So uh, pack a little 
portable floaty of some kind. Nothing too gnarly, but you know, if you something you can just blow up and throw your gear on and then just float it, it would be a lot easier um, to uh, get your stuff through there. <clears throat> so, anyways, we got to this area where it was a really nice beach in the shade. I mean, really, what's really cool about the area is it's just the rocks. It's a huge canyon, just cliffs on either side of you, a lot of trees. And so we came to the spot where it was more like a beach and there was these huge cliffs that you can jump off. So me and some of the guys were jumping off the cliffs and uh, into the water and it was just a really deep pool. So if you're wanting to hike and go fishing, you know, I saw some pretty good sized trout in there. It might be a good lake or sorry, a good river to go and fish for trout. Um, tons of little fish in there too, but this area of uh, like these pools must have been 20 plus feet deep. They're really, really deep. And our friend Seth kind of told us that the next three sections were worse than the other ones. So me and Ashley kind of made a decision if Bowden was going to go back and make it back to the car, we should probably chill. So we, we chilled there on the beach and we waited there for about an hour and a half. But the rest of the group went ahead and when they came back, they kind of told us how it was. So apparently the next three sections of water are a lot worse. They're deeper, they're longer, and there isn't as many places to hold on to. So if you can make it through the three sections, you eventually come up to a waterfall where they have a rope that's hanging down from the waterfall and you can scale the waterfall. Um, you kind of just climb up. Rocks are slippery, so someone in our group kind of had a hard time at first just because her feet were slipping around and she's holding on to this rope. You know, they kind of had to coach her through it. But um, yeah, that was, I guess, apparently the end of the trail. I mean, I guess you can continue on, but for most, that's kind of the destination is the waterfall. So they chilled there for a little bit and then they came back. So while they continued on their quest, we uh, sat and kind of pitched a little camp there at the beach and it was a sweet spot. Honestly, if we were to go back, I think we would hike to that spot and set up camp there and stay the night. It was just a really nice little area. That's where that deep pool was. You can fish uh, the sand so you can set up tent there. And it, it was awesome. So we tried to make the best of it. Me and Bowden tried to start a fire using sticks which is insanely hard. And you know, it's funny as you watch movies and it sounds like it would be easy, but whoo, man. And, and the worst part is, is it's not very hard to get the thing smoking. It's relatively easy to get that fire smoking, but to get it to start, by the time I was done, it felt like I had been in the gym for like an hour. I was wiped out working out. I mean, moving the stick, I was trying to do with, uh, I can't remember the exact term for it, but where you rub the stick on the other stick and you're just rubbing it back and forth. Like in that movie, Castaway, where he's just rubbing the sticks together. That's pretty much what I was trying to do. And it was really tough. Got it to smoke a lot, but man, I could not get the darn thing to start. So definitely something I'm going to be practicing is how to start a fire uh, using sticks. That's definitely in my things to do list. Uh, anyway, so we did that for a while. Bowden tried to make a little boat out of rocks and our rocks. Yeah, that boat's going to float. I'm sorry. Out of logs and sticks. And, um, so we kept ourselves busy. It was cool. It was nice. And you know, it's funny is you don't have enough moments in life. I think to just be out in the wilderness or be out in nature with nothing to do. It's very nice. 
no phones, no cell phone service, none of that garbage. And, and, and you can see how people used to live, you know, people who were natives. I mean, you have time to, to just be uh, productive. You know, I could see why people would spend so much time learning how to build fires, build, um, you know, weaponry and build uh, farming tools and clothes. It's just really cool. And there's just something very nice about it being so quiet. All you can hear is the birds the wind, the waterfalls. It's just, it's awesome. So we got to chill for an hour and a half and, you know, we dug a little uh, bed out and we tried to take a nap under the shade. It was awesome, guys. So anyways, our group came back, we headed back and, you know, definitely easier going back because you're kind of used to that water. So the water wasn't as bad. Um, I think overall, we walked around seven or eight miles me and my family. Um, the other group, they went about 11 miles. So um, they went a couple miles ahead of us on those other sections. But uh, yeah, guys, so it, it's it's a really awesome hike. A lot of climbing. You're climbing over rocks. There's some areas where you're scaling like rock walls. So again, if you're not used to hikes like that, I, I wouldn't recommend it. If you have children, I would say a good age group would be somewhere around 10 to 12, unless you have a child that's really used to hiking, climbing rocks, and all that kind of stuff, because I think I think kids would be totally stoked on this. It's a really, really cool trail. So that's that was Arroyo Seco. Awesome place. Afterwards, we went and grabbed dinner and just stuffed our faces. I mean, I ate so many chicken wings. And I know I'm advocating healthy lifestyle, but every now and then, every now and then, you got to get your chicken wings on. You just have to. So I just slammed chicken wings and it was amazing. And, you know, all those calories burning, I was starving. So make sure you guys pack food when you go. That was Arroyo Seco. We went and did that a few weeks ago. Um, and then, so since then, um, we did another trip. Actually, me and... Um, Riley Torres from Peak Original, who was on uh, our last podcast episode, and then um, our friend Kenny, went out to uh, Colfax area, which is about 40 minutes outside of Sacramento if you're heading east on I-80. So what was nice about this camping trip is we honestly had no idea what we were going to do. We had no direction. We were planning as we were driving, which was pretty cool. You know, sometimes... Obviously, you know, planning is better just because that way you're prepared for anything, but we wanted to rough it. We wanted to just do it and just go somewhere. So we figured, hey, let's just head east up into the mountains and let's just find a place to sleep and go from there. So we ended up joining with our friend Pep and he does a lot of gold panning out at the Bear River in Colfax. So, you know, we really didn't have anywhere to go and we were kind of looking online. Most places were closed because of uh, the fires out here in California or because of uh, the season, just in the wintertime, they shut down. And it was really difficult finding a campground that would allow you to have a fire. And we wanted to have a fire because it was cold. So Bear River, no fires. Uh, we ended up hooking up with Pep in Rockland around 9 o'clock. We didn't get out there till eh, around 9.30, 10 o'clock. Everyone was already asleep. Nobody was up. We found a little spot to sleep in. And it was freezing cold. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, when you go camping, it, 
having a fire is like a must. It's just not the same. So it was freezing cold, but it wasn't too bad, I guess. I guess it's been, you know, I've been in worse. But uh, anyway, so we stayed the night there. The next morning, we went down to the Bear River, which the campground is probably, man, five minutes outside of Colfax. As you come from the freeway and you get off on out into uh, Colfax, the town, it's only about five minutes from town. So it's really close. This is definitely a spot more for people who are um, panning for gold because it's really just a little spot off the side of the road. It's like a big, huge dirt parking lot where you just set up tent, you wake up early, and you just start panning for gold. So most of the river, um, people are out in the water, uh, which is, you know, I, I personally am not into it, but a lot of people are. And apparently this is a really good place to pan for gold. I, on the other hand, was really determined to catch our food for the day. So we packed really light. Um, I only brought, let's see, coconut oil, peanut butter, and beef jerky for this trip. Coconut oil. Guys, coconut oil is nature's miracle. And you will probably hear regularly on this show things about coconut oil because it's amazing and you can use it for everything. And I know there's all these rumors about oh, coconut oil is actually really bad. for Yeah, whatever. It's garbage. It's a bunch of hooey. Coconut oil is awesome for you. It's great for you. And not only is it good to eat, but it's good for your skin, your hair, everything else. So I packed a jar of coconut oil because I use it uh, to brush my teeth with. Um, if I don't have toothpaste, I use it for cooking I also use it for underarm deodorant, and I use it for my hair, and I use it to bathe in. Now, here's my thing. I am deathly allergic to... Okay, all right, let me rewind. That was a little bit dramatic. I don't mix well with poison oak. If I look at the stuff, I get poison oak. And it's not like where it takes a few days for me to get it. It's like if I smell it, my whole body breaks out within hours. So... I don't do well with poison oak. And for years, it was almost like, oh, I'm going fishing today. I'm going to get poison oak for two weeks. And I've tried everything. I've tried all the store stuff. It just, the calamine lotion. All right, guys, here's the thing. And maybe it won't work for you, but it works for me. I am totally sold on a coconut oil shower. Cold shower, unfortunately, you got to do the cold shower. So I like to do lukewarm because I can't stand a cold shower. But lukewarm shower, and you just use that coconut oil, slather it on, and I swear I don't get poison oak anymore. So on our hikes and stuff that we did on this trip, I would jump in the river, and I would slather on the coconut oil, and guess what? Poison oak free. And it was all around us. It was funny. It was like as both me and Kenny – I mean, we just hate the stuff. And as we're driving or, or driving, as we're walking, you know, it's all around us. It's on the trail. It's, it's, you know, overhanging. It's right there next to our tents. It's just everywhere. And even out here on the West Coast, oh man, every beach, there's poison oak in the bushes. It's just everywhere out here. So yeah, coconut oil, pack coconut oil when you guys are hiking. And not only that, fat is your most efficient fuel source. So I'll take a spoonful of coconut oil and I'll just gulp it down and that can keep me going all day. So coconut oil in a pinch or just in general, use it, love it, pack it. So anyways, um, 
we did uh, the Bear River. We hiked it and we fished it. So we caught some uh, fresh wild trout, which I have never had before. Um, my whole life I grew up fishing with my dad and we never fished for trout. I mean, sometimes we would, but I just, you know, not my thing. I just was never into it. So catching a fresh wild rainbow trout and then just cooking it with coconut oil, salt and pepper. That's all we had. It was amazing. I mean, I have a lot of favorites on fish. Well, okay, well, hold on. Actually, let me tell you something. I love to fish but I've never liked fish, never been into eating fish, only a few kinds of fish. But since I've lived out on the West Coast, my favorite fish is rockfish, leopard shark, and halibut. Those are the three. I mean, those are the fish that I love to eat. Uh, Ahi tuna is also really good. I don't like it when it's too cooked because then it gets like a weird fishy flavor. But when it's like rare in the middle, just kind of seared on the sides, I can do ahi tuna. But Rainbow trout, fresh rainbow trout. Oh my gosh, it was heavenly. And maybe I was starving, I don't know, but that was our breakfast for the morning and it was awesome. So anyways, we got to catch some fish, do some fishing that day. We hiked the river, but we were kind of over the campground. Just, it's not the nicest campground, guys. I definitely wouldn't recommend it if you guys were planning on doing a family trip. But if you're a guy who wants to wake up early in the morning, do some gold panning or wake up early in the morning, do some hiking or fishing, Bear River's cool. The campground, I think, was $10 a night, so it really wasn't that bad. And there's like a self-registration area. The bathrooms are gross, so if you're like one of those types that needs a clean bathroom or needs a shower, not your spot. Don't go. Um, You're better off going in the woods, honestly. So uh, anyways, so from there, we were kind of like, ah, let's go and check somewhere else out. We drove around. We checked out Rollins Lake, but it was kind of, eh, wasn't our thing. Um, so we ended up finding a spot called mineral bar. And again, it's only about 10 minutes outside of, uh, Colfax, but you drive down to the Canyon and there's 18 campgrounds first come first serve. It is a bit steep on the price though. I think it was $28 a night. Um, but again, we were kind of just looking for a place that could allow, that would allow a fire, something that we can get access to easily. And that didn't require reservations. Um, so we went and checked out mineral bar. Awesome campground guys. The river is crystal clear and the rocks, just the way they look, it's like, unlike anything I've ever seen, you know, it's just beautiful area. We found our tent. We were in the very far, or found our tent. We found our campground in the very back. Uh, we did a cool night hike, a lot of boulders out there. So if you're into bouldering, I know there's people that are into like rock climbing and bouldering. Yeah, this place is awesome because it's got some huge boulders to climb that are right there along the river. So we did some of that um, at night. Of course, I suck at it. I'm terrible at rock climbing. Funny little story. Uh, One time, my well, me and my son really like this show on Netflix called Beastmaster. And it's like, you know, guys doing like these obstacle courses and these rock climbers scaling walls. And, you know, and I've always thought to myself, might be able to do some of those things. Okay. Well, one day I went to a kid's rock climbing thing and I got rocked on it. I mean, my forearms were toast and apparently everyone says, you idiot, you're not supposed to use your arms. You're supposed to, you're supposed to, and I, I got tore up. There was this little girl next to me. She was probably 10 years old and she was just rocking it. She was doing, there was three, you know, little courses, easy, 
medium, and hard. She did all three of them. I was like struggling on the easy one. Like by the time I'd get halfway up, I'd be toast. My arms would be burning. So anyways, I suck at rock climbing. Bouldering, a little bit better. I used to climb a lot of boulders and stuff when I'd go fishing uh, when I was a kid. So that wasn't too bad. But if you're into it and you want to try some difficult bouldering, that's a cool spot to go. However, the fishing is terrible. And I guess the water levels fluctuate a lot in the during the year. So the water is crystal clear. I mean, you can see everything. We saw one little fish. And when I say little fish, it was like two inches. So not your best bet for fishing. So unfortunately, we were hungry. We were like, we're only 10 minutes from town. We're going to we're going to just say, let's grab some steaks at the store. So we went to Colfax. We had steaks that night and some hot dogs or something. I don't know. Cheating. I know we really went with the intentions of roughing it, but we got lazy and I was sick of peanut butter and I was sick of uh, beef jerky. However, that being said, I swear, next time, if there, if I knew there was fish in that river, I, I swear I would not have bought steaks. But after fishing for a little while, we were like, okay, all right. And we talked to a few guys out there who gold panned, and they were like, do you guys actually catch fish out here? And I was like, I don't know. This is our first time being here. Have you ever seen fish? And he's like, oh, bro, there's no fish in here. So, yeah, we, we decided to go buy some steaks and hot dogs, and we slammed them that night. So, uh, cool thing is, was that place allowed fire. So we had a rip roaring fire and that it just, it just seals the deal with camping. I'm sorry. It just, what is camping without a fire? So, um, Riley brought his guitar, played some music and just hung out and had a lot of fun. The next morning we bounced out of there and on our way back to Sacramento, we decided, Hey, why not? Let's stop, do one more hike. So we stopped in Forest Hill, which is a very, very popular spot um, by the Forest Hill Bridge. But you know what? As popular of a spot as it is, and in the summertime, it gets insane and it gets crazy. Um, when we used to live in Sacramento in the summer times, we would go up to the, uh, to the river there and the Forest Hill Bridge and we'd go snorkeling for crawdads. Now, I don't know if you've ever eaten crawdads, but it's amazing. And there's thousands of crawdads in that river. So you just find a big, deep pocket of water, big, deep pool, and grab your snorkel gear. Um, and you can just see them just crawling all over the floor. Um, they're easy to spot because, well, they're hard to spot because they blend in with the rocks, but their telltale is their claws have little white tips on them. So you just kind of keep an eye out for those claws sticking out from under rocks. You dive down, make sure you wear a glove. I highly recommend wearing a glove. Now I went thinking, oh, glove, I've been catching crawdads since I was a, a wee little boy. But it's different when you're grabbing them under a rock really quick because they have these two spikes on their heads. And if you grab those things under the rocks and those things shove underneath your fingernails, oh man, it is very painful. And not to mention they do pinch and they do hurt. So that doesn't bother me too much as much as their little horn things that they have on their stinking heads because it hurts really bad. Anyways, wear at least one glove, carry a little bag with you, a little net, and you just grab those things, throw them in your net, and we would leave with buckets of crawdads, and we would have a huge feast with people, and you just boil them in hot water, and man, you dip them, like you, you eat them as you would crab, really. Um, but my wife makes this uh, Thai fish sauce. I couldn't even tell you the ingredients in it, but it's this dipping sauce that you dip crab, lobster, whatever in, and that with crawdads, 
amazing. And these crawdads are big. You, you know, most of the times you just eat the tails on crawdads, but these crawdads are so big in that river, you can, you can pull some meat out of the claws. It's awesome. Anyways, it's a very popular spot in Forest Hill to hike, and there's tons of trails out there. And hopefully, you know, within the next few months or over time, we'll be, um, be able to uh, talk a little bit more about some of those trails and those hikes because there's a lot. And a lot of them are, you know, trails that start in Forest Hill that lead to Folsom Lake, Folsom area, uh, Rollins Lake. I mean, a lot of hiking, a lot of fishing. A lot of people go up to Forest Hill for um, horseback riding, um, a lot of downhill riding for mountain bikers, which I've done a little bit of. And man, you get on these roads or these trails downhill and you're flying. It is insane. And it's a lot of fun. So anyways, we went to Forest Hill, went down to the river and talk about frustration central because it was just overloaded with fish. There was fish everywhere. Big, huge bass, smallmouth spotted bass. And no matter what we threw at those things, they would not budge. Um, now I know I'm not, you know, a bass expert, but I do know fish in general in the colder winters and the colder months, they start slowing down. They're not as active, but these guys, I mean, they were right there in front of us. You could see them crystal clear and nothing. They just would not hit anything. So it was super frustrating, but the hike itself, if you could stick along the river is really awesome. And again, a lot of rocks, a lot of cliffs, a lot of boulders, but, um, it's a beautiful spot. Awesome area. Um, Parking is free in certain areas, but there are other areas that you have to pay for. But I mean, there's like an endless amount of trails out there. So if you want to just go out there and get lost somewhere, I highly recommend going to Forest Hill. It's like 20 minutes outside of Roseville. If you are in the Cal- you know, Sacramento, California area, um, Roseville is about 20 minutes um, from like downtown Sacramento and Forest Hill is about another 20 or 30 minutes from Roseville. So awesome area. You know, I highly recommend people going out there just to get lost and just to explore. So after that, it was uh, homebound. So that was our weekend trip. And it was really fun, guys. And it was just a really great way to get lost and do some exploring, a little bit of adventuring. We were totally unprepared for it. Um, you know, it's that's the kind of thing that ER advocates is adventure, going somewhere, get lost, do something you've never done. Personally, me. As much as we love adventure around here, I'm going to make a little confession, guys. I am not big on hiking. I just don't care to go on hikes. Um, and let me explain that. When I was younger and I'd go fishing with my dad, we would hike for miles. But the difference is, is I'm fishing. Fishing and hiking, to me, I love it. So much fun. Um, when I used to live in Sacramento or in Roseville, I'd go to Folsom Lake and do like rattlesnake hunting. Um, that's right. Rattlesnake hunting. And one of these days we'll get some videos or pictures up of us catching some rattlesnakes. But, um, sometimes we'd catch them for the fun of it. And and when I say we, I'm talking me and Ashley, that's right. The founder of Iara, there is a picture floating around somewhere of her and I with a rattlesnake, and she is my helper. She helps me grab those suckers. So anyways, uh, sometimes we grab them just to take some pictures, um, but sometimes we eat them. Yes, that's right. Rattlesnake meat is delicious. Now, I will say, as a fisherman, I have gutted some stinky fish when you cut them open. Shark, leopard shark, whoo, stinky, stinky, stinky. 
But a rattlesnake? Oh, you want to talk about smelly. Uh, gutting a rattlesnake when it has like a dead rat in it? Oh my gosh, you can't even... T- oh, the smell. Ugh. Terrible, 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 terrible. Um, anyways, eating rattlesnake. Delicious. I can't stand people... Uh, okay, well, let me rewind. I really don't like people who just... Okay, <laughs> I just said the same thing. Let me rewind again. If you own a farm, a ranch, you got to take care of your animals. I get the whole killing rattlesnake thing and you don't want them around. I get it. I personally love reptiles. I love animals. I don't like the idea of killing anything unless you're eating it. So I... I'm not that guy that just kills a rattlesnake just to keep its tail. I I do not like when I hear that stuff. Um, Again, if you're feeling like you're in danger, if your life is threatened or your pets are threatened, I get it. So, you know, whatever. Uh, But me, personally, me, Ashley, that's just not our thing. You know, if we're going to kill a rattlesnake, it's because we're going to eat it, you know, Um, or protect our pet, okay? But uh, anyways, sometimes we just like to catch them, take some pictures, and then just let them go. Or relocate them out of a road and into the bushes so they don't get ran over by a car. You know, that's just what we want to do for for nature. Come on, guys. I mean, we all got to live together, right? We're we're inhabiting their spot. You know, this is where they've been around for thousands of years. So uh, we all got to figure out a way to live in harmony. So anyways, uh, where was I? Folsom Lake, rattlesnake hunting, hiking. I can do that for hours. Love it. Fun. But for me to just be in the wilderness and just walking through the woods or just hiking, I'm just really not much into it. Although recently, myself personally, um, I really made a decision to try to eat clean, try to eat more natural whole foods. Um, I don't like throwing out the word, I'm paleo. I only eat paleo and blah, blah, blah. Because it's not true. Because the other night we had a Stranger Things party and I was slamming egos. Because sometimes you got to get your ego on. You know what I mean? And I hadn't had egos in years, and it was amazing, guys. Oh, so delicious. Anyways, um, but ever since I started eating a little bit more clean, I just feel like, uh, you know, it's like, this is how we're supposed to eat, clean, whole foods. So hiking has kind of taken on a new thing for me because I look at it more as a way of a healthy workout, um, healthy lifestyle. I, I don't like, you know, sitting there and, an hour of working out. I, I I haven't done an hour workout in a long time. Um, most of my workouts are usually five to 20 minutes long, you know, something quick, really high intensity. And, you know, I, I may not be uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and I might not have uh, a, a six pack that you can grate cheese on, but daggone it, I feel like I'm pretty healthy on the inside and I feel good about myself. So, um, you know, I don't want to be consumed by exercise, but when you're hiking or climbing rocks, you know, it is starting to take on a new feeling, a new meaning for me. I love it for the exercise. Um, I do hike barefoot and I did the whole Arroyo Seco hike barefoot. Although when we got back to the main road, I did put my shoes on only because that road was like gravel and it kind of hurt on the way in. But on the way back, it was like, you know what? I'm probably going to be carrying my son a lot of this trip or a lot of the walk back. So I'm going to do it with shoes. Plus, I wanted to get back to the car quicker. Because when you do walk barefoot, you are walking a little bit more slow. You got to be a little bit more mindful of where you're stepping. Me, barefoot hiking, guys, I love it. 
I go barefoot as often as I possibly can. I truly, wholly believe that when your feet are touching ground, there is just this energy. I don't know. There is just this connection. I, I feel great. I, I do jogging. I'll jog barefoot. And there's probably people out there saying, you idiot, that's so bad for this. And blah, blah, blah. But I'll, t- I'll say this right now. I am living proof. When I used to jog, I hate jogging. Hate it, hate it, hate it. But when I used to jog with shoes on, I would always end up in pain. I've spent a lot of money on really nice running shoes. I'd always get shin splints. My knees would hurt. My lower back would hurt. I have watched countless YouTube videos on proper running form and how to run. And it's just funny because I have a thing with running. I just feel when you read about running, there are so many you should nots and do nots that it's kind of like, man, maybe your body is just not meant to be running so much. Now, if you are a marathon runner and you love running and you're just sitting there thinking, this guy's an idiot, I'm sorry. You know, hey, everybody has their thing. I personally just never did well with running. But when I started running barefoot, night and day difference, I started enjoying my jogs. I felt amazing. Your feet hitting, whether it's pavement, sand, uh, grass, whatever, your feet feel alive. And yeah, every now and then you would step on a pebble, pebble or something. And yeah, it doesn't feel good, but I don't know. I feel like the recovery is really quick. You feel great. You just feel connected. It feels awesome. So my bear, my barefoot hiking, that's like the way I enjoy my hiking is doing it barefoot. And I'll go as long as I possibly can. I always carry a pair of shoes with me just because eventually, after you know a few miles, eventually your feet start, and you definitely start feeling it. So I'll throw on my uh, my shoes usually on the on the way back, or if we're we're going over ground that's really tiny, small rocks that definitely hurts after a while. But uh, so, anyways, um, you know I'll hike barefoot. That's the way I enjoy it. I hike when I fish. That's the way I enjoy it. Uh, hunting, whatever. Very recently, I've been more enjoying it just for the exercise. You feel good. It's enjoyable. You're not sweating there and grunting in a gym or whatever. Uh, it's a great way to get some exercise and just to stay active, stay connected. So uh, that's my spiel on hiking. Used to hate it, starting to enjoy it. So there will be more updates on hikes because I really feel that we'll be doing more of them because Ashley loves to hike. Um, a lot of my friends and family love to hike. So we'll keep you posted on that stuff. So um, anyways, that's pretty much the show for today. Actually, it went a lot longer than I thought it was going to go. This goes to show you how much I talk too much. Um, anyways, so guys, check us out on eralifestyle.com. Go there. Uh, you can find us on um, Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. That's where our iPods, our iPods, our podcasts are. Apple um, podcasts, we're on there. iTunes, um, Let's see where else. Oh, SoundCloud. Uh, check it out, guys. There you'll find our podcast. Um, if you go to erlifestyle.com, you'll see our podcast section. You'll see our blog. Uh, but also, guys, merchandise. Merchandise. Go and check out our store. Uh, we got clothing on there. We have a really cool event coming up soon um, called, oh, man, I believe it's called Raw. But this event we went to last year, and it's a really cool little spot where a bunch of entrepreneurs and uh, people with clothing businesses and all that stuff get together, and they feature what they've got. We're not going to be, uh, we're not going to have a booth there this year, but we are going to that show, 
um, just to kind of meet some people and check things out. Hopefully we'll have a podcast for you guys coming from that live. Um, so we'll keep you posted on that. But again, check us out. ERLifestyle.com. That's I-A-R-A lifestyle.com. You can find us on YouTube, iTunes. And guys, when you listen to the podcast, if you like it, like it. If you want to follow us, follow us. If you want to leave a a review, leave a review, guys. That's what helps us get better. Um, Anyways, hope you enjoy the show. We're looking forward to seeing you guys again, and we'll talk soon. Peace.